In today's episode, Daniel Felt finally resolves the debate on which came first, the chicken or the egg, according to SOPs. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. An excuse is a well-planned lie you tell yourself. Jefferson Santos. DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. If you haven't already, check out the dozone.com for productivity tips, accountability, and a bunch of really cool people taking action, getting stuff done. Uh, also, want to recommend, if you haven't yet, to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. Uh, give me a review. I love five stars. If you got less than five stars, that's okay. Uh, but I really do love five stars. Uh, written review. Tell me what you like about the show. Uh, write in if you have any guests or uh, topics that you would like to see in the future. And I want to introduce you, speaking of guests, I want to introduce you to today's guest. Today's guest is Daniel Felt. He is the founder and CEO of Cura Home. Since starting in 2016, Cura Home has grown from Daniel's garage to now servicing Denver, Colorado and the greater Minneapolis area. What's up, Daniel? Say hello to the tribe and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Josh. You know, for me, I I have a lot of people that hold me accountable. I've got a business coach. I've got, I've got all that stuff, but... The, the truth of it is, is that if you're not writing down your goals and then sharing those with the, the people, your center of influence, it's really, really important. So I think it's really a mindset thing. I think of it as like a Christmas card. If you're going to send a Christmas card out and it doesn't say that you're doing something really cool or you didn't achieve one of your goals, you know, that, that comes up pretty quick every single year. So whatever it takes to, to keep that motivation to get your goals done, but uh, sharing it with people and people are going to hold you accountable and they're going to tear you down if you don't do it. Uh, my examples, I meet my uh, two people at the gym at 5.15 in the mornings. And if I don't show up, I get harassed all day long via uh, text message. So having people hold you accountable and, and letting them know your goals, super important. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I very recently uh, started doing that myself. I don't get there at five fifteen, but I do get there at six and yep. uh, you know, most people like the super early risers are like six, man, I've already had my second breakfast by then, <laughs> you know, but, but for me, I've always been that super late riser kind of guy, uh, night owl, you know, those sorts of things. And I, as I got, more focused as an entrepreneur, I just, I realized, man, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. How much productive time is just whizzing by because I'm asleep. And so the only way that I was able to do this, I knew I had to take care of myself physically. And the only way I was ever able to start doing it is I had a friend of mine that was like, man, I really need to get back into the gym. Right. Like how about six o'clock tomorrow and five days a week, man, we're there six o'clock. We never miss because yeah. Because if I don't show up, then I know she's going to be standing there wondering why I'm not there. And that's yep. why I do it. 
that's so crucial. And if you don't have that person, um, one thing that I've also found that, that I do is a phone call to someone on your way. Like, Hey, I'm going to call you. So it takes me 10 minutes to go to get to the gym. And I know it takes me seven minutes to get out the door. So my alarm goes off at, at 4:58 AM every day, which is, uh, but I, you know, every minute counts. Right. So, um, but you know, I've had people that say like, Hey, I want to be working out at 5:15 too. Like, how can I do that? It's like, well, I'll call you. And if you don't answer, I'll harass you all day long. So I'll call them on the way to the gym even, right? Because I'm not doing anything else. And so, yeah, whatever it takes, maybe it's not someone to get you there, but even just to, to make that phone call, finding accountability is, is really crucial. So basically you're, you're, you're looking for somebody to legally harass you. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's be crazy together. And yeah, legal harassment. I mean, they asked for it. Right. And yeah, if you tell me you're going to do something and then I see you like a month later and you're not like taking steps to do that, I'm going to be like, what? Come on. Like you're better than that. So yeah. Motivating the people around you. It's, it's really fun. And yeah, sometimes that takes harassment, but that's all right. Yeah. Don't, don't come to me a second time with the same problem. Exactly. Solve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it, man. And so, uh, Let's let's kind of dig in a little bit. Um, talk to me about uh, your kind of entrepreneurial journey. How did you get started uh, as a business owner, and mm-hmm. and what are some of the challenges that you were able to overcome, specifically regarding taking action? And and I and I that's that's kind of what the do zone is all about. It's about right. doing. Right. And and what were some actions that you really had to take in order to launch your career into where it is. For sure. I, in my entire career, I, I grew up in an entrepreneurship family, which really gave me a lot of confidence because now it's like entrepreneurs are nuts, right? Like we're all crazy together and that's, that's perfect that we can all be in this, this circle. But I watched my family grow from, we lived off my dad's paycheck, like the paycheck coming on Friday, we go to town and cash it and buy groceries. I mean, like nothing. And grew up now, my parents run a really awesome, successful business. But I was always doing little like side hustle hustle stuff. I, I grew up on a farm. I trained a horse for people when I was like 11 for like 300 bucks. I remember like always just kind of doing little things. But I went to school, studied business marketing. I was on the side. I was training and boarding dogs. Um, my parents, they breed golden retrievers. That's their, their business. And so people, I was in the metropolitan area. So I was um, training and boarding dogs for people. And then I was renting out the base of my house at, uh, in my, you know, 23, 24. So I'm kind of like house hacking, trying so to make side gig stuff. You're not just in the do zone. You are the do zone, man. Yeah. We're, we're doing, doing it right all now. of the yeah. things. Like, I, I think maybe you're doing too much. Like don't do so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, the nice thing, I think my favorite, um, my favorite phrase that I, I think I heard an audiobook is, is searching for actively passive income, like passive income, I'd say is like throw your money into like an S and P 500 and it's going to grow. You know, you don't really have to do a lot with it, but like actively passive is like boarding dogs where like you kind of have to be, you have to let the dogs out, you know, a few times a day, but like you're making money overnight by the dogs being there, renting out the basement of your house. You're making money each month and you don't have to like, yeah, sure. You have to like fix the garbage disposal here and there, but you're actively and passively making money by just, just being there. So I love actively passive income and I was working. Um, so was, I had all that stuff going on, which was really fun. And I would use it. Like I would train a dog for $700. And then I would, I really, when I was younger, I thought I went on an airplane ride with someone and I was like, Hey, I think it's so awesome. This guy's a pilot. And I saw all these pilots are like 55 years old, all these people going through like midlife crisis. I think my biggest thing is go back to the original statement of like, Hey, what are you going to write on your Christmas card this year? And I don't know one really writes Christmas cards anymore, but like, that's my, my mental thought process. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it now. 
rather than waiting until I'm 55 and be like, oh, I really wish I would have done this earlier because I've just seen so many people like life is cut short or opportunities or things change. So I um, was working for a, a company that they, my main job was create SOPs um, for they sell 6 million chicken eggs a day. And so just creating standard operating procedures for all that. I was on the egg side, not the chicken side. So that was um, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, I mean, that's the right side of the debate. I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely the egg came before the chicken. I mean, that's obvious for everybody, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We could probably get in a pretty big debate about that. But, uh. but Well, no, no, hang on a second. So I want to understand what kind of SOPs need to be put in place for pumping out 6 million eggs a day. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, you know, I'm on the, I'm not on the um, production side, I'm on the processing side. So all these eggs are coming in on a huge conveyor and they've got to be washed sized, put into cartons and the carton needs to go into a box. The box needs to go on a pallet. The pallet needs to go into the, into the cooler. Then the, from there, it has to go on a, on a semi. And when you're dealing with human food, that's going to be consumed. There's just everything. And, and believe it or not, like even the egg cartons need to go into the box a certain way. So you have to turn them 90 degrees each time so that they're, you know, being stacked properly. So there's so many little details that have to be followed. And you can imagine that, you know, stacking eggs in a box might not be people might not be around forever and think make a life career about that. So there is higher turnover in like service-based industries, something like this. So we had to make sure that people could come in, know how to do this correctly right away because you can't make a mistake. There's people from the uh, USDA, all these, all these different places, make sure that you're doing this correct. So everything and anything, how to wash an egg, how to make sure the machines are doing it correctly, make sure they're sized correctly, all these little processes to get that egg on your table for a very affordable rate considering what goes into it for you know a dollar fifty two bucks for a dozen eggs it's, yeah, it's right. quite impressive and so how many i know this isn't a podcast about you know chicken like animal processing plants yeah. i'm just i'm just morbidly curious about this i mean six million eggs is no joke i don't i don't know if i've ever even seen six million eggs in my lifetime but well, you- I haven't, I haven't had the same moment, but, but I've seen millions flowing by. Right. I mean, and I'm talking like a four foot wide, you know, belt and there's the, and the, the eggs are, you know, they're all in there. I mean, like if you like smack that thing, you're going to smash like seven or eight eggs at once. It's there. There's, there's so many, they're all I'm different. Sure that sizes. Nobody ever did that. Right. Yeah, just <laughs> only, on a, only on a bad day. So. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So how many, how many chickens do you need? This sounds like the beginning of a really bad dad joke, but how many chickens do you need to process 6 million eggs a day well i think you'd have to do some math because the average chicken lays an egg every 25 hours uh which you know god could have made it every 24 but let's just make it confusing and complex and say it's every 25 so from there you'd have to run the math i know there's people at that company that know exactly the answer i don't know exactly what it is but i'd say roughly i don't know one point or uh you know they have different farms so we probably need like eight million million. yeah seven seven and a half yeah it's a lot of chickens wow I had mm-hmm. no idea, like fascinating, you know, for, for our do zone tribe. I mean, you never, you never know what gyms we're going to get here, you know, <laughs> how to, how to set up SOPs for egg processing. I'm going to yeah, add that. To, that's probably the most unique thing that we've ever talked about on this, on this podcast. So well, I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to yeah, that, uh, that, have that title, but uh, from, so, from there, so I sidetracked you, but yeah. But the, so you've been doing all of these things. You were, you were running SOPs for this animal uh, processing plant for eggs. Mm -hmm. Pick back up. Yeah. So there, uh, my brother called me, he was running a uh, home service company. They do window cleaning holiday lights. It's like, Hey, I need a general manager. And, um, you know, came with 
few benefits like company truck and stuff like that. I'm 24. So I'm like, well, this sounds awesome. So I uh, started working for him and we grew really fast in two years. We went from eight crews to 16 crews and did a lot of really cool stuff in between like franchises, business. He never did sell franchise, but um, it was just really fun to bring like the skill set of uh, you know, the, the, the structure and the organization of SOPs into his business and just watch what organization can, how much that can help a company grow. And in early 2016, the idea came up to start uh, Cura Home. And uh, we were talking about offering a maintenance, you know, a program. And, and he, at the time, it just didn't seem to be a good fit and he didn't think it would work. So, um, so I was looking at things and knowing that, Hey, it probably costs a lot of money to start a company. And I had, I had filed like an LLC for the dog business. And I had another LLC for my rental, you know, just to keep things like as legal as possible and things like that. But, um, I did a bunch of research and I decided I was going to take a reverse equity line against my house. So I had an extra $32,000 to dip into if I needed to. And, um, I bought a truck while I was still a W2 employee for my brother. So I could get approved for that and, and finance that. And I, gave them like kind of four month heads up that, Hey, I'm going to start this. I did a bunch of research. There was a company that was doing it way like out in Washington, I think, but no one in the Minneapolis area was, was doing this service. And everyone who I talked to was like, this is the best idea I've ever heard of. You got to do it. I think like a thousand people said that, but not a single one, unfortunately said, I'll sign up for it. So that, that yeah, kind of gets right. into more, more struggle down the road. But, um, that's, that's one of those weird situations where, you know, you'll get a lot of people like, yeah, man, that's awesome. That's great. And then you yeah. come back and you're like, all right, cool. I set it up. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, well, my neighbor would be a really good customer, you know, like yeah. I can do it, but my customer, right. You know, my neighbor. So, yeah. um, and so what is it exactly though? Yeah. Our, we have two core services. One is uh, super boring. It's air duct cleaning. That's about 50% of our business. And um, we have that service because people actually Google it and, and they're searching for it and it's needed in their home. But the main concept that we've originally started was a routine home maintenance subscription for your home. So we mm -hmm. visit our clients once every three months, typically, and we offer up to 32 different services for your home. And it's everything's included, materials, labor, all that stuff. And we it's like a janitor coming to your home. So we're changing your furnace filters, smoke alarm batteries, clean your AC unit, dryer vent, refrigerator coils. It's We're just doing everything that manufacturers recommend that you do in your home, but most, almost everyone neglects to do. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Oh, I actually sure. just bought a house, uh, in March I'm in it right now. And, yeah. uh, it, I, I was traveling a lot at the time. And so I didn't have a whole lot of time here. And, and so I just brought all my stuff in and I was gone and I was out of the country for a while and I came back mm -hmm. and I never could kind of get like a footing. Uh, and I had to buy a bunch of new furniture and all this stuff. And then I realized uh, like last month, I mean, <laughs> it's been like a while. I realized that I, I never, ever since I moved in, I never changed the air filter and the air conditioner. Like, right. You yep. know, and I went in there and I pulled the thing out and I was like, Oh, I'm breathing this. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, it's not the top of mind, you know, I'm supposed to change right. it like once every one or two months or something. And like, yeah. I'm not putting that on my calendar. I got other shit to do, you know? Right. Uh, so, yeah. Sure. And, and so I'm curious uh, and, and you can tell me a little bit more about, you know, the mechanics of the business later, but I'm curious uh, what, what inspired you to take this kind of subscription model of home maintenance? Mm hmm. I think uh, looking at my uh, brother's company and he's, he's an awesome entrepreneur. He's, I'm going to say he's more successful than I am. And he's the one who should be on this podcast, but I wanted something that is going to would keep a technician or employee busy year round, 
And we didn't have something where in the summer, like pouring concrete or landscaping, for example, where, hey, we got to bust our butt for like 15 hour days and then you're on employment, uh, you're on unemployment for the winter. So just looking at something that like people need, we're doing really good for your home. So it's, you know, we're not like coming and be like, oh, we'll change your furnace filter. But then if your furnace breaks down, like we'll replace it for you for six grand or whatever. It's, it's everything's like we're, we're coming in with your best interest in mind. So I loved really that concept of like that reoccurring subscription model of like we're coming in as a as a friend and we're on the same team of, hey, we want to maintain your home for the health, the safety and efficiency of your home. And growing up, I always well, I wanted to invent something originally, but it seems like, like I'm not creative enough. It seemed like everything had ever been invented. Like and I never like had a great bright idea for a, a better wrench or a, or a new wheel. So um, I started that company is was uh, seemed like the right fit for me at the time. That's awesome, man. And so, uh, you know, you're you're a fascinating dude. You you talk fast and you do a lot of stuff. And, you know, what I what I would love to do right now is I'd love to just crack that skull open and see what's going on in your brain, see how it works. You ready for the do zone diagnostic? I'm ready. All right. Excellent. So just a series of five questions here, rapid fire. First thing comes to mind. Uh, mm -hmm. Number one, what's one thing you do that keeps you focused on your goals? I write them down. I have people hold me accountable and I, I work on a 90 day schedule where it's got to be done. And, and that 90 day goals make it so that I'm achieving my five, three and one year goals. So I write it down. I, I see it in the future and I have people hold me accountable to get it done. Nice. And how do you get back on track when you lose that focus? Yeah. I mean, a little bit like we talked about before, I, I allow people to legally harass me. And um, sometimes it's really easy to get off the slump, but my alarm clock goes off at 4.58 every morning. And so it's, it's a chance to reset every day. You, you know, maybe you're having a bad morning, reset at lunch, like reset, let's go. You're never going to get the day back ever. Don't waste today. Time is our most valuable asset. And if you're not, go get a cup of coffee, like drink some water, get energized and, and use different intervals to reset. Um, for me, the best one is morning. But like I said, you can reset at, at lunch, whatever you got to do. You're never going to get today back. Today is the day to take action and get it done. You're never going to get today back. Today is the day to take action and get done. Love it. Exactly. Who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable? I have a, an absolutely incredible family. I'm one of uh, five kids, um, very competitive, friendly competitive competition with my brother, but I'm also in a few networking groups uh, with about 120 other business owners and salespeople that we share our goals, our struggles. And uh, I do have a business coach as well. And I'm very, very open with people on what I want to get done. And then when I'm struggling, I ask a ton of people that have been there, done that. And I just, I'm very vulnerable. I let people speak into my life. And when you ask for that advice and you, and you're open and you don't you know, act or pretend like you know it all. People want to help you. It's in their nature to, to want to help others around them. And so just being vulnerable and asking questions on how you can do better has really helped me. Excellent. And how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete? I typically try to find someone in my network that it might know more about that than I do. Uh, Google is an incredible resource. There's like 12 plus years worth of data uploaded to that thing every single day. So uh, researching, asking a ton of questions. And a lot of times it's just get started and start diving into it. I think a lot of times people worry about something so much that, and then they actually go and do it. And it's way easier. It's like, why let this thing take pain from you two different times? One, you're worrying about it, then you're going through it. Just start going through it. And you're gonna have a lot of answers, uh, a lot of questions answered for you while you're going through that. Hmm. Yeah. Well said. And uh, last question, what's the number one 
pro tip that you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? Uh, my favorite life hack is listening to audiobooks on fast speed. You don't have to start out crazy fast, but I actually got up to the point where I was listening to books on 2.0, but then I read a book that was too fast. And so I backed down. I typically listen to audiobooks uh, between 1.5 and 1.7. My only, my one and only goal this year was to listen to an audiobook a week. And uh, so I'm on that. I think I'm on book 30 right now. And it has been just a wealth of knowledge. It's, it's windshield university. When you're driving around, you should not be listening to the radio. Listen to audiobooks on fast speed and your cheating time. Windshield University. I like it. I've, I've spent some time at Windshield University. I got a couple of degrees from there. Yeah, it's a good place to be. Yeah, that's cool. And so kind of coming back to, so it's Cura Home. So Yeah, Cura, Cura, people call it whatever. It's a made up word. K-U-R-A, Cura yep. Home. Yep. Uh, okay. And so I'm, I'm curious, uh, curious with a K. Uh, that, so this is all of the maintenance. Uh, so basically somebody comes and signs up and they pay you whatever the fee is. And, and on a regular schedule, there's a technician that comes by and says, Hey, Mrs. Jones, uh, we're here to change out your air filter and, uh, to clean out your vents and, um, to, you know, spray your bugs or whatever it is that you're doing. Is that, is that kind of how it works or, or, or walk me through it? I'm sure you'll do a better description than me. Yeah. So the, the entire sales process on, or what that customer journey is, is you call us, we send out a, a qualified representative to come to your home and walk through. And we would just show you, Hey, Josh, here's everything that I would maintain in your home. If I were you on our select on the items that we have, which ones do you want us to do? And that will give you all the cart pricing and all our, all the cart options. From there, we're going to come and there's some things that we do every single quarter, like changing uh, the majority of the filters. There's things that only need to be done on an annual basis, like cleaning the AC unit, dryer vent, refrigerator coils, for example. So we have all that listed out. It's a, the, the price doesn't change, um, you know, throughout. So it's the same price. So most people, our average client pays about $350 per quarter, but then they divide that into monthly payments. So it's cheaper than your cable bill to have us come each month and we just keep, or each quarter, excuse me. And we just keep on doing that until you move or decide the service is no longer for you. That's a great deal. About a hundred dollars a month, give or take. Yep, exactly. And I never have to think about it. Yeah. Your home maintenance is on autopilot and we're just taking care of it for you. Yeah. And, and that includes the, uh, like chain, the filter, it includes the filter. Yeah. Filters, smoke alarm batteries, refrigerator filter, uh, here in Minnesota and some areas across country, we have softener salt that is needed. So yeah, it includes everything that you, that you need. That is really cool. And, and so you're expanding into new markets right now. Did I, did I hear you right that you're, you're franchising this? Yep, for sure. So we've expanded into the Denver location. That's a, currently a, a corporate owned location, but we've had a ton of people just through hearing about our concept and that, and that reoccurring revenue model, reaching out to us, asking if they could, you know, pay us to train them or can they come hang out with, pay to hang out with me, which is, I never thought I'd be there at that spot in my life. Yeah, that's, right? I don't know. That's a humble brag there, but uh, you know, yeah, wanted to learn, brag. Yeah. How do we, how, you know, how can I pay you, you know, a couple grand to spend a week with you to learn how to do this. And ultimately what seemed to be best is to offer the franchise model. So we started offering that. We're super excited. We've got um, people that are going through that process. It's a very complex process because there's a ton of legal stuff that needs to be done in order to buy and or sell a franchise. And so if you're interested in that, uh, it's, it's a really cool process to get into a proven model. Awesome. And, and so who, who would be the ideal person to reach out and connect with you and, and how would they do that? 
Yeah, a lot of people that are looking at um, getting connected with us are either people that are they've got, they're in their early twenties or mid twenties, and they're kind of like trying to figure out who do I want to be when I grow up. And we have a lot of people that are they've worked like a job for a long time. They're in their forties and fifties, and they're looking at a at a something that they can build and scale and a saleable asset. So they're looking to build this thing for five to fifteen years and then sell it. So we're dealing with a lot of people in those. The absolute best way to connect with me personally is find me on LinkedIn, send me a message. Our website, curahome.com, has a ton of information, and we post a bunch of content on all of our social medias to try to educate people how to better maintain their home. Excellent. I love that. So curahome.com, K-U-R-A-H-O-M-E.com, curahome.com. That's correct. Very well. Daniel Felt, thank you so much for being on here and sharing this story and finally solving with 100% certainty the debate of whether the chicken or the egg came first. It's an honor to be on here, Josh, and uh, I'm glad to have that title. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, we're going to wrap up from here. Thanks again to our guest, Daniel Felt, for joining us and sharing some wisdom on how he gets stuff done. To engage with him, you can find him on LinkedIn. His name is Daniel Felt, F-E-L-T. And you can also go and find all kinds of stuff about your home maintenance on curahome.com. That's K-U-R-A-H-O-M-E.com. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to get to the next level, head over to thedozone.com for more productivity tips, tools, and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any other cool episodes like this one. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? Go do something already. See you next time.